Welcome to the Talent Talk with Robert Walters podcast, where we speak to business leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work. Hello, everyone. My name is Joshua Doonan. I work for Robert Walters in Brazil, and welcome to our latest LATAM Leadership Podcast. Uh, our podcast for this series is going to be our Women in Leadership Podcast, um, and this is great timing with Women uh, Women's Day on March the 8th, so it's very exciting. Um, episodes can be accessed on various platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and also on our website as well, www.robertwalters.com com.br and also please be sure to also follow us through our website uh, and LinkedIn as well. So today I'm very excited to present the series in Women in Leadership podcast and our invited guest is Adolidi Sato who is currently the country head for Brazil and general manager for Unlimited. Uh, Adolidi thank you so much for your time uh, would you mind just introducing yourselves to our listeners please? Sure thank you Josh. So my name is Adolidi Sato I'm here in Brazil and I'm the country head of our Unlimited. Unlimited is a global financial service company that is in around um, a lot of places, like 16 offices around the whole world, including London, Frankfurt, Sao Paulo, Singapore, and Mexico. So, and myself, I'm graduated in accounting and finance here in Brazil with PUCI, Pontificia. Universidade Católica, and also with Notre Dame in Australia. I've worked in uh, several places around the world, and now I'm here in Brazil again um, after a few years outside of the country. So thank you very much for having me today. No, great. Thank you so much. We're very glad to have you here talking with us. We really appreciate it. And let's start with, uh, with our first question. Um, so I was really interested to kind of see how you started your career in the finance and risk areas uh, firstly with Citibank and then PwC, um, and also what were the main challenges that you had? Um, I always, from as far as I can remember, I used to draw myself going to a bank when I was a teenager and working in a bank. So at the very beginning of my um, teenage years, I could experience um, the whole the whole reality of being in a bank because I had an aunt that I used to work in a bank. And because of her, I decided to go through this path. And um, at the very beginning of my college years at the university, um, I chose to join one of the big banks or one of the big oldest companies because I thought that the oldest companies would take me to the banks. Um, and that was what happened. So my first in internship when I was 18 years old was at a Citibank. And I was there for about a year. That was the, well, I could say it was my biggest school um, mm -hmm. because that settled not only my way of thinking, but the whole strategic way that Citibank looks into their, their business, not only in Brazil, but in different countries. And I was very lucky to be there for a year. And then right after that, I joined PwC. And PricewaterhouseCoopers was like one of the best places that someone doing accounting and finance at the college, at the university, could join. It was one of the big firms that we could join. So they came to the university and I had the, 
I was very lucky to, to be accepted in all of them. It was on the time of the big fives and I chose to join them. I thought it would be the best place to be in also because they gave me the opportunity to be auditing banks. Um, and with them, I could be auditing. I was auditing Itaú, Unibanco back in that time and the whole acquisition. That was my very first experience with M&A as well. So it was... Um, that was the way that my whole career was driven since the beginning. Now, that's great. And thank you very much for sharing that with us. I think it's very interesting that from your teenage years, you already kind of knew quite early on that you wanted to work in a bank and this is the career that you wanted. And also, as you mentioned, having a family member in that industry as well, um, I'm sure was grateful to have someone to speak to and speak about their experiences as well. Um, and as you said, Citibank, huge American bank, and PwC, obviously big four as well. Great places to kind of start your career and learn a lot as well. So um, that was great. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I was then quite interested to kind of find out what the main changes that you've noticed from the beginning of your career, uh, especially when we think about diversity and the inclusion of women in, in this area in, in particular. What's the main uh, changes that you've noticed? Um, I think that the first thing is the amount of women that is joining the companies as of today. So as I was abroad in Brazil and I was abroad by my mother who was not working um, and I'm the, I'm only one girl between two boys. I have two siblings, two brothers. Um, it was not the usual thing for me to be the one going to the financial market. That was not mm -hmm. the expectations of my family. And I didn't have a lot of girlfriends that would be joining the financial market by like 20 years ago. Um, as of today, we see a completely different landscape because I think that women like me that join and start their career so early, we are the ones that strive quite a bit to conquer the space that we have as of today. And because of the, all the conquests that we've made through the time and speaking now about being and having a presence and having a word within this market, we could open more space for the new generations that are joining the financial sector. So as of today, like if you look at the company that I am, 50% of the global leaders and the SVPs like me, are women. This is something that 20 years ago was unusual. So, and on, like the biggest thing that happens is that if you look to companies such as mine, such as the one that I am as of today, we have a very holistic way to look not only to the company and the growth of the company, but also to our key clients. And this whole shift from 20 years ago to what we have as of today is gigantic. My team as of today is a very diverse team and I have more than 50% of women um, at my team as of today. And our whole way of thinking is that we need to keep on moving on this way. So there are more opportunities for women as of today than what we had 20 years ago. No, great. No, I think exactly that last point you mentioned there the opportunity nowadays is much greater for women, which is fantastic and it's the way it should be as well. Um, so in that last 20 years, yeah, you've been part of this kind of change in helping people uh, to kind of change that mindset as well, which is really great. So thank you very much for sharing that. Um, 
Another thing I was really interested in is your international experience. Uh, of course, you've worked in Brazil, uh, Australia, uh, US and Spain as well. So firstly, I just wanted to ask you, how was that experience for you, that international experience that you've had? Uh, and also, do you believe that having this international experience has helped your career as well progress the way it has? It was key for me to have that experience. And I'm super grateful for everyone that gave me the opportunity to have the experience that I had. So first of all, with, um, in my university, I was the first one to have a scholarship at a bookie to go to a different country and also to experience a different a whole different career outside of Brazil. And also like PricewaterhouseCoopers gave me the opportunity of joining PricewaterhouseCoopers in Australia as well. So, and that was the right moment where I could see the way that um, a very, a very occidental type of company would be working and the way of thinking that was different from what I was used to. Um, Latin America has a very special way of working, which at that point in time, I didn't have such an experience here as I had there. It was the mainframe, the way of thinking, but also the organized way of doing everything and the work-life balance. Brazilians work a lot. Brazilian women work even more. And in Australia, I learned that you have a time to enjoy life as much as you work. So work hard, play hard, have some time to yourself so your work's going to be much better. Um, I think that was key for me to build up the behavior that I have as of today, but also to make sure that we, I would bring the best that I could to my workplace. U.S., Spain, and then I can name a lot of other countries that I've been so far, like Mexico, um, the Netherlands, England, so many countries that I've been. So, um, and all of them, I would not be the person that I am as of today on my career if it was not because of those um, different countries. And the the last thing that I need to add are going to be, is going to, the whole um, flexibility that someone needs to have to adapt to herself in so many different countries in such a little time frame. Once I have that flexibility, it gave me flexibility to think about the solutions that I'm, I'm capable of offering to the company that I am as of today. To be in a fintech in Brazil, that's a tough place to be in a fintech because Brazil is a very um, well-developed country in terms of financial services. So the whole flexibility that I had to have in those different countries to build up new ideas, to make the business that I was super profitable was key for me to make the business that I am as of today extremely successful. So having said that, with a very um, multicultural experience as I had, that made me a completely different um, professional as I am as of today. So if you bring me a problem, I'm going to solve that. It doesn't matter what the problem is. I'm sure I'm going to solve your problem. And that's the way that this whole experience made me. No, amazing. And that's, I'm really happy to hear that as well. Of course, myself, I'm, I'm nine, no, sorry, 10 months in to my international experience as well. Um, and looking back, I don't think I'll ever regret moving all the experiences the people that you meet the different problems that you have to solve as you just mentioned there will definitely make you a more uh, well-rounded person for the future 
Um, and now in your position now at Unlimited, uh, I think, yeah, it's definitely helped to shape uh, the things you're doing now and the changes you're helping with the company as well. Um, and as you mentioned as well, uh, I've been here 10 months now and I was pleasantly surprised, like, I think probably more than London, how hard people in Brazil work and how long people work in terms of the hours as well. Probably more than London, for sure. So uh, this is something that definitely uh, surprised me as well. And um, no, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that this uh, international experience has helped you. And the companies that you've worked for as, as well kind of uh, allowed you to, to make the transfers to, to Australia, as you mentioned, with PwC. Uh, I'm the same with Robert Walters helping to move me from London here to Sao Paulo. So yeah, it's great that we both have that kind of shared international experience as well, which has definitely uh, shaped the people we are today. So, uh, thank yeah, you I, would, I would definitely recommend to anyone that can go and do that and mainly for the women so women can actually see how things work on a different country. It's super important because that empowers women. That empowered me dramatically. Like the Netherlands was one of the places that I could see a completely different approach into women and how women would be working. And that for me was a game changer as well. So if, if people have the opportunity, and again, we build up our own opportunities. And I've learned that through these international experiences because I, I was all the time reinventing myself in every single new country and learning the culture. So if you can do that, go and do it. It's like, it's going to be extremely helpful for your whole career. No, I agree. It's definitely life-changing. So uh, no, I would definitely... Uh echo your thoughts on this. Um, my next question was, so, so based on your experience and professional trajectory, um, in your opinion, what do you think is the, what's been the uh, evolution of the inclusion of women in leadership positions, especially in the finance industry, financial services? How do you think things have uh, evolved uh, over time? Um, when I first joined, I remember the first day that I walked into Citibank. And I went, I entered in a room that was only two girls and around 65 men. Wow. And that for me was shocking. I was like, okay, I've been, okay. You know, I, I, I went to accounting and finance in Brazil. And, you know, there are more men than women at the university in Brazil. But nevertheless, I've never seen such a thing. And I was like, oh, my God. How am I going to survive? I said, no, no, no. My mom, she brought me to be a strong woman. So let's do it. And if you come to my office as of today, the offices of Unlimited, um, you are going to see a lot of women and with different shapes and beliefs and all of that. So um, it is true that the whole scenario has changed. I think that the whole the whole ESG has moved us and the ESG begins with the people, not with the companies, but the ESG brought this whole new mindset for women, um, all the black community, all the LGBT plus community to be at the workplace and be respected. And with that, the companies could not, not accept us. Therefore, they were at the very beginning in Brazil, I think that they were forced 
to have more people and hire more people. But with time, they saw that it was a good fit to have a very diverse community within the companies. And then I think that women also at home, and I'm talking about the Brazilian mothers, um, they start bringing their child to also be at the front line. We were, I was abroad in a family that was not telling me like, you gotta be the CEO of a company. But as of today, I see my, my friends that have kids and they are like, my, my daughter wants to be a CEO of one company, whatever the company, but she wants to be a CEO because she, she thinks that she can rule the world. And that type of thing has changed also the scenario. So I think that the scenario was changed because of the behavior and the cultural change that the Brazilians are going through. And because of that, we had a push into the system and the system itself started adapting into this new reality because let's speak the truth, Brazilian women started voting not a long time ago. That's the reality of Brazil. Mm -hmm. And um, we've changed that whole scenario. So as of today, you cannot see a board of directors without a woman there. 20 years ago, you would see that. So this whole thing has pushed the companies to also bring diversity to Brazil. And Brazil has evolved too much, I would say, and too quick, I would say, on the past two years because of COVID. Having said that, everything evolved. So if you look at the big companies such as Vitex, for example, this gigantic Brazilian platform that is now all over the world, if you look at them, you're gonna see that you have a lot of women at the leadership positions. So there is a need of having our opinions as well because all of us, we think on different ways. And if you put all these differences together, you build up a stronger customer experiences, but also stronger products. Therefore, you have more revenue and better profits. So it's a win-win game. No, exactly. I think what you said there rings true uh, for, for everyone as well. You can't expect to have the, the results that you want or have the ideas or progress the way you want if you're only going down one point of view and one kind of uh, people's point of view as well. You need all of these different people having their ideas, bringing them to the table to really kind of excel in the company. Uh, and I really liked your point where you mentioned about the mindset change, how the mindset of people uh, has changed now. People, uh, they, they, they're not limited to what they want to do. They, they know they, especially women, obviously, can, can be CEOs of, of companies as well. And that's from an early age. You mentioned uh, the daughter of your friend. That's what she wants to do. And that's great as well. People kind of aspiring to have this as well. So that mindset change, I think, has been really important uh, for sure. Um, and of course, everything's not perfect yet. Uh, but it, things are getting better, but there's still a, a really long way to go. Um, but no, it is good that, that these changes are happening, uh, for sure. It's, it's, uh, it's really nice to see. Um, and then my next question, I think this is quite prevalent as well, because when we think about finance, financial services, normally we think uh, of, of men kind of running these companies as well. And of course, we've meant, you've mentioned about the changes that have happened uh, in the companies that you've worked in. But still, there is room for improvement, as, as I've just said. So, so how do you think uh, um, that the finance and financial services sectors can really improve on diversity? Maybe, I don't know, access to education, courses, uh, new opportunities. But yeah, in your point of view, I don't know, uh, how do you think uh, 
these sectors can improve uh, diversity? So I think that the first step is definitely education. Um, as I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about Brazil on this standpoint. But as you know, in Brazil, the financial education for kids and teenagers are almost none. Um, if we if we look to the population of Brazil, we are not a country that has a very good public education. Therefore, people doesn't have people don't have access to to what the finance is. Neither the finance industry. So, if we could have a more driven type of education since the early ages in Brazil for the population, and I'm talking about the major population, I'm not only talking about the population that have access to education, but the one that depends on the government to have access to education, that would be a win-win game. And for sure, we would have more diversity coming to the arena of the finance and the financial services. But the second one, and I think this is a key thing, and I'm going to bring one very good example for us to talk about, are the different programs that the companies are going to be opening. So Magazine Luisa, as you might know, um, has done on the past two years a new trainee program that is focused on um, the African-Brazilians, Black Brazilians population. And they go and they will look for the best people that they can find. If you go to the northeast of Brazil, you should know that we have 80% of the population there are um, African descendants, just like myself. Um, my grandpa, he has an African heritage, and my father, he's Japanese, and my mom was born in Bahia. So Magazine Luisa identified that they had a structural problem of diversity within their company two years ago. And as a way of finalizing this problem, but build up a culture, they've built up this program that has been amazing, amazing. And now they have 19 um, leaders within the company that were graduated by the trainee program. Um, and they come from a very diverse background. Um, again, they are very focused on the um, African Brazilian descendants, descendants the, 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 with all this heritage and they went to the people that were not super affortunate. So they brought people that they thought that they could develop. Which comes to me to the third piece. Companies, mainly all these very big companies that we have in Brazil, but also um, the new startups and the new fintechs that are coming to the play, we have a very um, important thing to implement. When we are hiring people, we need to make sure that we give opportunity to interview as many diverse people as we can. I know, like, for example, we develop everything that we do. Our systems are developed by ourselves. I have a major difficulty to identify women for my R&D um, team, for my IT team, because even though we have 50% of the population of women in Brazil, they don't go into the university to be graduated, to be a programmer. We almost don't have 
programmers in Brazil. So companies such as mine and any other fintech, we should build up education for people that would like to um, that would like to be on the arena of the technology development. There are some um, entities and NGOs that we are supporting as of today that they actually they do this training and we go to them to try to hire people from them and they are going to come from a very diverse background. So companies as mine on their HR um, policies, they should have this as a priority to interview as many people as we could and to give opportunity to these people. And then the fourth one that I think it is super important as well, are then which is a more complicated one, but is to have the the diversity leaders, so all the LGBT women in power that we get together and we are the ones that speaking up about this. So one of the flags that I bring with me is that I need to hire as many women as I can. I need to bring as well as many women to the fine the financial services sector as I can. So I need to influence them. So what we do as much as we can is to get in touch with these people and try to tell them our story and bring them into our, our sector. And to be very honest with you, I do that even if I am talking to someone at the market um, because I'm a TED talker. So I talk to everybody. Oh, wow. <laughs> so if like I, I got myself, I was, we have this street market that is super popular in Brazil on the weekends. And I was there with my mom and I met one of our neighbors and her daughter is about to go to the university. And I was telling her, you know, go do BA, do business administration or do like go to technology if you like, or go to engineer side if you want, but try to come and visit me at the office, come and see everybody there, come for just a quick visit so you can see what we do and how we do and how things are happening. So I think there is a play, this fourth act belongs to us, belongs to all the people that are diverse and that have been through a lot to conquer the space that we conquered. We are the ones that also need to talk to people and make sure that they are resilient enough to go through their dreams and build up dreams for them as well. And maybe now, they will join us. I think that's very inspiring. Like what you said there, there's so many different points I could speak about there, but I think really important, um, especially in a country like Brazil, like you said, which is so diverse anyway. Uh, there's so many different types of people, backgrounds here. So giving the opportunities for all these different people is, is really important. Uh, and what you said, um, it's, it's not just one person or one group that needs to, to act to make these changes. It comes from everywhere, from education, schools, um, from the government as well, courses, um, from the actual companies uh, as well. And that's really important, like you said as well, uh, bringing people to kind of see what their careers could look like. Uh, that, that's very important as well. Um, and, and like you said as well, uh, change, and this has got back to the points we mentioned earlier, changing people's mindsets. You mentioned technology, engineering, probably professions that in the past that were probably more male uh, dominated and orientated. But now just even when people are young, changing their minds that, oh, if you want to do that, you can do it. But there's no restrictions or blockages to kind of doing what you want to do. 
so yeah, it's, it's really important that everyone is driving and speaking to, to people all the time to kind of drive these changes. So that, that's, that's great. Um, my next question, and I think this is, uh, you could probably speak about this for a long time as well. And you've done this a lot in our, in our podcast already with all the amazing advice uh, you've given and the, all the experience that you've shared with us. But uh, this question, I think, is very important, especially to, for people to hear it coming from you. But what advice would you give to women who want to start a career in finance or financial services? I don't really know where to start. Um, yeah, what advice would you give to them? So for the first thing is, if you think you like finance, make sure you tell people about it. If, you, if you've never been on the finance arena and on the financial services arena, tell people. Because someone is going to say to you, hey, I have this person, sit down with this person and talk to this person. So first of all, tell people that you want to do it, that you don't know where you want to start or how you can do that, but people are going to help you out to find someone to get you into the finance side or the financial services arena. The second one is um, make sure that you build up your profile in one of these big um, internet um, channels that we have as of today. So LinkedIn is one example. If you build up your profile there, make sure that you get in touch and you get connected with people that are on the financial side of the businesses. If you do that, you're going to get in touch with people, definitely. Because if you move yourself, if you put your energy to move yourself to get to know people, you will get to know people and they will tell you about their experiences. Look for a job and look for an internship. Like we do have a lot of job offers as of today, mainly on the fintech and paytech um, sectors. So make sure that you look for a job because from time to time we end up getting so confused. Um, okay, what should I do first? But just go and look for a job. Go to the websites of the companies. Um, talk to people such as companies such as um, Robert Walters and you're going to find some type of job that you can apply for and you might get that job. And then make sure that if you are choosing your university right now, that you go into a university career that can drive you to these sectors because that's one of the best schools for us. And those are the places where companies are going to look for you as well, for you to get a job in this, um, in this sector. So I think that those ones are babe steps, but they are like key for us. So like my first job, my first internship, I actually, um, I, I joined the university. And then on my second weekend at the university, I came to one of my professors and I said, hey, you, you have to help me. I totally like this to him. You have to help me to find a job because I, I know I'm intelligent, but I don't know anybody because my dad, he doesn't work with this. And my mom, she doesn't work with this. So please, I need your help. I don't have friends on this, on this areas, on the bank sector. So help me out to find that job. And he actually, he helped me. He told me, hey, apply to this internship, go to that place. There is a billboard there where you can find all the internships and apply to all of them. 
And I was like, okay, but what about a CV? I don't know. I, don't, I have nothing to write on my CV. And he told me, yes, you do have something to write. You are at the university. You speak languages. So make sure that you write that. You have an address. You have an email. And your mobile phone do that. And as of today, people have WhatsApps as well. So make sure you get in touch with everybody. And tell everybody, hey, I want to work um, as a controller. Or I want to work with a CFO of some company. So do you know anyone? I'm pretty sure that within your group of friends, there is the father of someone or the mother of someone or cousins that might know someone that works in finance. And then your CV, or they can just introduce you to them, um, or your CV can end up on, their, on the hands of these people. So make sure that you do the first step. And once you do the first step, everything's going to come. I agree. I know I agree with that. Um, especially, like you said, when you're starting your career, uh, of course, maybe you know what interests you and what you might be good at. But the more you speak to people, uh, speak to people, the more you get out there, the more you network, uh, the more internships you do, um, the more you're going to find out what where you want to take your career as well. So I think that's very important as well. Um, just speaking to people, asking about their experiences, uh, seeing what they do in their job and their careers, and then you can then make your decision for yourself. So that's very important. Um, and my last question I wanted to ask you, I think this is maybe quite a difficult question to ask, uh, but uh, you've inspired a lot of people. But I think it'd be quite interesting for our listeners to kind of uh, find out from you. Um, what was your greatest inspiration in life? And this can be personal or professional or both. Um, and if it's easier, actually, it might be who was the greatest inspiration in your life. Uh, but yeah, depending on how you answer, want to answer the question, it'd be great for us to kind of see um, yeah, what's inspired you. Um, I have two, one person and a group of people that personally has inspired me. So the first one is definitely my mother. My mother, she comes from a very poor background um, and she could have gone on a very complicated um, life. But my mom, even though she suffered badly, um, she's the first one to smile and to forgive. And she's extremely resilient. And she's chameleonic. And um, when I was a little child, she taught me everything that she would do. She's an entrepreneur and she's a painter. But at the, of course, like I remember being a child and she was teaching me how to sew um, clothes. Um, and I know how to do all of those things because my mom brought me to be a housewife, <laughs> which made me a very strong woman, a very strong woman. Um, but I know how to do all of those things. And I was sewing um, this cloth for my dolls and, I, and she told me, sell this at your school. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to sell just like she does because she used to sell everything. Um, yes. She was one of those big Avon natura sellers um and then i remember that i i sold a lot of clothes to my girlfriends at school so that that she's an inspiration for me as of today because she and my my father built up a beautiful family but also they built up money and she was the backbone of the family so amazing person and the second one um i did a gap year when I became 30 years old, I decided to do a gap year. And I went to a place called um, She Rescue Home in Cambodia. Those 
that is a place where um, girls are rescued from sexual slavery. And um, after six months doing the whole, um, the whole program with the government, they are sent to a few of these homes that are gonna try to build up again their structure and build up again the structure of their families and prepare everybody to send the girls back home. And um, one of these girls, I had a group of 15 girls that had been through all this abuse. And one of them came to me, I used to do the delusing on them because as you, if you could see me, I'm partially Asian and they, they felt very comfortable with me. And then mm. they would open up quite a bit. And one of these girls, she was seven years old. She has been tortured and um, she had scars throughout her whole body. She told me, look, Adelie, you are not doing my hair on the proper way. And she was doing her hair by herself. And I was looking at her and I said, oh my God, she has gone through so much by the age of seven years old. And she's telling me that I don't know how to do her hair and she does better than me. And she was so happy doing her hair and she was feeling so beautiful and so strong. And that changed me completely, completely. Um, because that was the moment that I look at the whole thing and I said, mm -mm, I cannot be weak. I will not allow myself to be weak, but I will not allow myself to help others either, to not help others either. Um, she passed me such a strength that no other woman in this world would have passed me such a strength. And I bring that to me in every single meeting that I see everybody like, no, this cannot happen. We cannot do this. And I'm like, guys, everything's possible. Don't give me this type of excuse. We need to find an answer to everything and we need to find a solution for everything. So those are my personal inspirations. And professionally speaking, I do have a lot of women that are, um, and men as well that are um, inspirations to me. So um, one was my previous CFO at Western Union. Her name is Cynthia Iseta. Cynthia Iseta was the person that taught me how to build up a diverse team. She had more than 20 people on her team and those were only we only had one man on the team. That, on the, that was the first finance team that I could see, like a lack of diversity on the men's side. Yes, it was funny though, but it, she told me the reasons why. And she's like, this is the only way that I can change the company. So she was a good inspiration. Um, and then I can talk about, like, I must say Jack Welch and Jeff Imelt. And then we can, I can tell you about like, as of today, I see people like Jeff Bezos, and I think he's doing a great job um, as well. He's amazing. So very inspirational. And I think that Kirill as well, my current CEO, he is a 30 years, 38 years old man that has built up an incredible company. And I think that he's going to succeed. So I think those guys, and I must add one person as well, Odilon Almeida. Odilon Almeida is the CEO of ACI, and I think he's doing a great job as well. So they are inspirations, and I'm pretty sure that I'm going to have a lot of inspirations on the years coming as well. Well, no, thank you so much. I think you've 
inspired all of our listeners today uh, with everything that you've you said to us. Um, and a key point that you mentioned there as well is about always keeping positive, uh, knowing that you can do things, not to give up. Um, and, it, and it's great that, uh, of course, you've had this really amazing career that you've shared with us and you've been really successful, which is really fantastic. But also you want to share this with other people and to help other people. And I think that's really important in, in basically keeping this cycle going as well. Um, so no, Adelita, thank you so much for speaking with us today. It was it was lovely and a, a real honour and a pleasure to, to speak with you today, hear about your career, and thank you so much for, for your time today and uh, Unlimited uh, as well for letting you speak with us. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. And I do hope that I can add value to people's life. If it's only one person, I'm going to be super happy. Thank you very much. And thank you, and I, and I definitely think you have. So uh, no, I appreciate it a lot. Thank you.